So we're moving on to another broad category of property, and that's going to be estate and future use. And this is going to cover the next uh, few episodes for sure. Uh, but estates and future use is a lot, a lot to take in. And so it's going to be a lot of information that I'm going to be spewing out. <coughs> I'm sorry, excuse me. Uh, a lot of terms that I'm just going to define up front uh, so that we kind of have an idea of what we're talking about. I won't get into the history. Uh, history is essential for estates because it obviously comes from England and that's where a lot of these terms come from and a lot of the rules are shaped. And so understanding the history is a good part of understanding why these rules are shaped. But instead of focusing on the why, I'm just going to focus on the what and the how. Uh, what these rules are and how they function. And so I won't focus too much on the why, uh, just because as long as we know the what and the how, I feel like that's a good enough grounding for understanding the rules. And right now I'm just kind of focused on making sure I know what the rules are. So that's really what we're going to go over over these next uh, few episodes of property. Uh, but as far as this episode goes, we're going to talk about modern, modern freehold estates. And note, these are going to be different terms. They're going to end up coming again, but it just, again, goes to that history. I don't really know why they're named other than history. Uh, but as far as the modern freehold estates go, there are six modern freehold estates. And today we're going to go over two of those categories, specifically the free simple absolute, which is often abbreviated to the free simple, and then the life estate. And we have three cases associated with these two uh, categories of modern freehold estates. Before getting more into what modern freehold estates are and how they function, I need to give an overview of what an estate is and a couple of basic information about how estates are transferred. So we've talked about the bundle of rights that people have, uh, the right to transfer, the right to exclude, the right to use, right to destroy, etc. And all those rights are associated with property. But in fact, all this property that we've been talking about is an estate. So your property is your estate. You have a compilation of property, that's your entire estate. I own a house on the land, that's my estate. So that is how what an estate is and how that works. And there are ways that you can transfer estates. You can do it by deed, you can do it by will, or you can do it by intestate. And there's some verbs that go along with these of how these function. So let's talk about a deed first. A deed is done by a living person. This, the verb for this is that you're going to grant or convey the deed. So I'm giving you a deed. I'm going to grant you the deed or I'm going to convey to you the deed. I, giving it to you, am called the grantor. You receiving it are called the uh, grantee. And that is how a deed transfer works. For a will, a, wor a will is done by a person who makes preparations for their death. Uh, they're planning their death. They prepare a will. The term for this is devise. So if I prepare my will, you are a person who is receiving some of the estate from the will. I devise to you some of the estate. So the person who issues the will, that would be me in this instance, 
would be the testator, or if it's female, would be a testatrix, I think is the verbiage there. And then obviously the person receiving it is the beneficiary. And then finally is intestate. And this is when a person dies without having a will. And how is the estate divided, well, transferred in this instance? And the verb for this is that it descends to the heirs. So an important thing to note is that a living person does not have an heir. They have apparent heirs, and these are people who are going to be future heirs, so to speak. And once you die, those people are then your heirs. So what the state does is they descend it to the heirs. And the heirs are individuals, typically relatives. Uh, most often it works to where the kids are the first heirs. And then if they don't have any kids, then it's going to be the parents. And if their parents are already deceased, then it's going to be any living siblings. And if there are no other survivors, I can't remember exactly what it says. That was in the reading. We didn't go into that in class. But those are a couple of the things that we need to understand is the difference between a deed, a will, and an interstate, and the verbs associated with that, whether a deed is to grant or convey, a verb is to... Uh, sorry, the will is to, to devise, and then the interstate is to descend. Those are the main terms that we need to focus on with those. So now let's go ahead and get into free simple absolutes, abbreviated to free simple estates. A free simple estate is where the estate owner has all the rights of possession, and they have that right of possession for all time. So what that means is after they die, it stays in their estate. It doesn't go to someone else, but obviously they can do that. Uh, they can change that with the will or interstate, whatever it might be. But the rights that are included with a free simple is the right of alienability, so that's the right to transfer, the right to devise, and the right to descend. Obviously, all these things are available to the person who has a free simple estate. Most estates that we are aware of are free simple estates. Most of the time, people give complete ownership just because it's simple, it makes sense. So there are several ways that you can convey a free simple. Uh, you can convey, so let's just say A conveys to B and his heirs. This is the language that needs to be included. I didn't talk about the language earlier. I should talk about the language. I'm going to mention that real quick. There are two parts of the language to actually make a transfer. First, it's the words of purchase, and those refer to who the transfer goes to. And then second are the words of limitation, and that's going to determine what kind of rights are transferred, whether it's a free simple or if it's going to be a life estate. So in this case, we're looking at all the examples of a free simple. So the first part of the statement is going to be the words of purchase. A co conveys to B, A devises to B, uh, A interstates to B, I don't know. Uh, and then the last part of this is going to be the uh, the words of limitations and to determine what kind it is. 
So A conveys to B and his heirs. That's the classic. That's the language that you want to have in there. But if that language is not in there, these also work. A conveys to B. A conveys to B in, in fee simple absolute. A conveys to B forever and ever. A converts to an incorporation, its successors, and assigns. Those are all words that work of giving a free, simple, absolute transfer of an estate. Notice here the first one that I mentioned, and, or, and his heirs or her heirs. That's just a formality, really. Uh, it do, even though that language is there, it does not mean that the heirs are receiving a possessory right. The right still remains with the person who it is being transferred upon. In other words, the heirs contain no future interest. So that's uh, free and fee simple. Let's go ahead and move on to life estate. So a life estate, there's more terms that we need to understand here. It's a person who has the right to possess for their life. And after their life ends, that uh, possession passes with them and returns to the original owner. Unless the original owner says, after this life estate passes, this person gets a life estate or this person gets a free simple. So there's terms with this. The person possessing the life estate, so the person who has the life estate, is called a life tenant. When the estate returns to the original possessor at the end, but during the life estate, it's called a reversion. And then when the estate is going to pass to another at the expiration of the life estate, it's called a remainder. And this is when we talk about a future interest. So a good example of this would be picture a husband who dies and in his will gives a life estate to his wife and then once his wife dies would give a, a fee simple to his kids. So he gives his, life, his wife a life estate and then after she dies, her kids retain possession. That means that her kids have the remainder because they have this future interest in the estate. So how, are, how do you convey a life estate? There are lots of terms. A conveys to B for life. So again, these are the statements, the purchase and the limitation statements. A conveys to B for life. A conveys to B for all of B's life. A conveys to B for life, then B conveys the estate to C. That's going to be where uh, C has the remainder. A conveys to B for life, then to C for life. Again, C still has a remainder. But notice in a couple of these, for example, A conveys to B for as long as B lives. Once B dies, then that returns to A. And A continues to have the reversion. One last thing to note with this is that A cannot uh, convey or devise in a life estate a life estate to a corporation. So 
A cannot convey to Google for life. And the reason for that is because a corporation could last for life, several lifetimes. And so that does not work. That's our life estate. There is one last thing I need to talk about with this, and that is a person who has the life estate has certain limitations. Uh, they obviously are allowed to transfer their life estate. It tends to have less value, but they are allowed to transfer. They are not allowed to devise, and they are not allowed uh, to descend. But another thing that they're not allowed is to waste the estate, meaning they can't destroy it or harm the economic value of the property. There are two ways to have waste. First is voluntary waste, and that is when your actions significantly reduce the value of the property. Or you can have permissive waste, and this is failing to reasonably care for the property, such as paying property taxes. Life attendants can't abuse or destroy uh, the property because there are people who have a future interest in that property. So under the common law, you couldn't do anything that promoted uh, the value of the property either. So you couldn't destroy, but you also couldn't hinder, uh, to, it couldn't help it grow along. It had to stay pretty much the same as was given because of this future interest. In Woodrick versus Wood, however, this changed to where it's not determined waste if it significantly improves the value of the property. So that's the modern, modern rule now, is if the alteration to the property increases the value of the property, it's not considered waste, and the alteration is free to take place. And that is our first couple uh, estates, uh, fee simple and life estates. There's a lot more to come in the next few property episodes. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Law Schoolers. Before I let you go, there are four things I want to say. The first thing is if you enjoyed these episodes and if you enjoyed the website, I would invite you to go and join Law Schoolers Pro. And you can do that by going to lawschoolers.com slash join. It's a way for you to support us, but there's also a lot of features there that I think you will enjoy. Second thing is that nearly all of our episodes are unedited. The only ones that aren't our pre-law materials, and the reason for that is so you can actually see the legal material in its raw form as I'm learning it as well. The third thing is that the information contained in these episodes are specifically only for educational purposes. They're not to be used as legal advice, and with that, the fourth thing is if it is used as legal advice, we are not liable. That is, law schoolers is not liable for any legal outcomes. Thank you again for enjoying the show. Have a good one.